Welcome to Want to Want It, a podcast for women of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who are ready to ignite not only their sexual desire, but all of their desires to create a more fulfilling life and marriage. I'm Jamelyn Steffen. I'm a certified life coach, a wife, and a mother of seven children. I'm excited to share my personal journey to desire with you and teach you how to desire more as well. Hello and welcome to the podcast today, episode number six, Celebration and Desire. I don't know if it's because it's my birthday this week, but I have celebration on my mind a bit. And so I wanted to talk about how celebration helps with desire. Last week, my boys were playing in their zone finals for basketball. And our kids were getting ready, making posters, and we invited our family to come and watch. And we knew that lots of students from the school were coming to watch the game because they were playing their biggest rivals, the other high school in town. And my little girl, Sadie, is 10 years old, and she has just learned the power of the cheer and how fun it could be to chant and cheer for her brothers with a huge crowd of people. So she was super pumped to get to this game and cheer her little heart out for the boys and for their team. And on the way to the game, she was telling her cousins some of the chants that they were going to do and helping her learn them so that they could do this at the game. She really was just all in on being a part of the hype team, the cheering squad. And we really did cheer our hearts out. In fact, I probably cheered a little more than I normally would and chanted a little more because Sadie would start the defense chant, and I didn't have the heart to leave her to do it on her own. So both Sadie and I really believe in our heart of hearts that the more that we cheered, the better the boys would play. And we really believe that our cheering actually increased the boys' desire to play harder. We really took it upon ourselves to be the boys' hype team and cheer squad. Yesterday, my granddaughter rolled over for the very first time. Have I mentioned on here that I am a grandma? At the end of January, I became a grandma for the very first time, and I am loving it. It is actually the best. Truly, it does feel like it is the reward for having children. It is just amazing. Anyways, of course, my perfect little grandbaby is about six weeks old, and she rolled over for the very first time. So her parents sent me a video of this new milestone, and of course, I was pretty proud. But the best part of the video was hearing my son-in-law and my daughter celebrating this new skill. I was cheering on my end of the phone and they were just cheering and, oh, you're so good. How you're amazing. Yay. And what I learned from the basketball game and from the baby rolling over is that everyone can benefit from a hype team. We all need cheerleaders. And we all need to be celebrated and we need people to celebrate us. But I think the most powerful celebrations are the ones we give ourselves. Now, I'm actually not talking from years of experience of doing this. This is a brand new thing for me just over the last few years. It was a completely foreign concept to me not five years ago. And when I heard about the idea of celebrating yourself, I actually thought it sounded super dumb, mostly because I thought that sounds so uncomfortable. But I have learned from my own experience and from watching other people that it can be so powerful to celebrate yourself. And yeah, it's a little bit uncomfortable at first, but it can change your life. So recently I read the book, The Gap and the Gain by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy. 
So the idea of the gap is you're in the gap every time you measure yourself against someone else or against what you think is the ideal. Let's say you had this goal to get to the point where you could lift 100 pounds of weight. But right now you can only lift 10 pounds. If you work on it in a few weeks, you're going to be lifting 30 pounds. If you are in the gap, you're going to say things like, I still have 70 pounds to go. I'm not there yet. It's going to be so hard to get to 100 pounds. What's wrong with me? But it doesn't make you feel good. It's not because the goal's not good, but when you use it to beat yourself up as a proof that you're not good enough, it feels terrible. And that's being in the gap. The gain means that you're measuring yourself backwards against where you were before. You're just measuring yourself against past you. So to be in the gain would mean, wow, I'm lifting 20 more pounds than I could a few weeks ago. Being in the gain, seeing where you've come from and how far you've come, it's a way to celebrate all areas of your life. Even if it takes a long time to learn how to stay more in that gain and less in the gap, every time you focus on the gain, you're finding something to celebrate about yourself or your day or your accomplishments. And for those of you who want to learn how to increase desire in your life in general, learn how to desire more, celebrating will do that. It increases your desire because when you see how you win, you'll have more drive to go after what you want. When you focus on the growth and the success, you will desire more of it. Over the last few years, I have had the desire to become a runner. Now I say that like loosely because I have an idea in my head of what a runner is and that seems a little bit out of reach, but I wanted to get better at running short distances because no matter where I am in the world, I can almost always go for a run. So it just seemed like a really good cardio exercise that would be the least limiting for me because I just need a pair of shoes and no blizzard outside and then I'm good to go. So I've run off and on throughout my whole life, but I had such a hate for it because I just never stuck with it long enough to get past that I want to die stage. And that really held me back from running. As I have been working on cultivating desire in my life, I thought I would try on the desire to be a runner, just like maybe I would enjoy learning how to be a runner. I didn't really have this burning fire for it, but I had a lot of curiosity about it and wondered maybe I could be good at it and maybe it would just be a really good form of exercise for me. Well, this week I went for my first 45 minute run ever. I was so proud of myself because for any of you who know me, I am a 30 minute girl. That has been my motto for the last few years. Whatever you can run in 30 minutes, that's what I will do. When you can run a marathon in 30 minutes, I will do that. But until such a time, it's whatever I can do in 30 minutes. But I thought, I'm going to turn 45. Why don't I try running for 45 minutes to celebrate? And shock of shocks, I did it. And I didn't even want to die. So this was a huge accomplishment for me. And if I think about this accomplishment from a gains perspective, from how far I've come, this is a huge win for me and definitely worth celebrating. But a funny thing happened when I went to celebrate this milestone. My brain kept saying, you know so many people who run longer than that every day. You are related to ultra marathoners. And for a girl who's been running really for as long as you have, it is taking you way too long to get brave enough to do this. 
you really can't celebrate until you've run your first 10K. These were all the really kind thoughts my brain was offering me as I went to celebrate. And it ended the celebration for me. And it kind of killed the desire to do anything like that again. So after spending a few minutes in the gap, I deliberately forced myself to step into the game. I thought about how I used to loathe running and how I had sworn I would never run more than 30 minutes. I reminded myself how long it had taken me to get to a place where I could go for a run without having a huge amount of drama in my mind about it and a massive argument about why it's a stupid idea to run and all the dread that I used to feel like I've come so far. I pointed out that when I had made the goal, I actually had felt excited about running that 45 minutes, which is shocking. And I'd gone into that run actually with full confidence that I could do it. And so as I started to tell myself the story, I suddenly felt like I wanted to celebrate. Of course, my other brain chatter didn't shut off, but I just kind of let it be there and ignored it. Kind of like when a dad's watching TV and their child's trying to talk to them. That's just what I did. So I walked in and I told my husband about my win. I told him that I had run 45 minutes straight. Now, my husband has run way longer than that before. And so again, my brain was like, this is not a big deal to him. I just pushed that aside, accepted his high five, and then got into the shower and continued to walk myself through how far I've come. And I just told myself how amazed I was at me. And I let myself just have a small celebration for my accomplishment. The unexpected thing that happened as I celebrated my win was that my gratitude exploded. I just felt so grateful to God for my body. I felt so grateful to me for doing the run. I was so grateful for the run. And it just increased my gratitude as I focused on the gain and where I'd come from. And as my gratitude increased, I found my desire suddenly building. I started to ask myself, what can I do next? I never dreamed I would ever run for more than 30 minutes ever. And now here I am. I wonder what else I could do. By allowing myself to see the gain and to celebrate it, I was actually increasing my desire. And the higher my desire is, then the higher my motivation is, which in turn increases my chances of actually accomplishing what I desire. So I think about my grandbaby rolling over because babies are actually the best to learn life lessons from, babies and toddlers. So little Lainey didn't get caught up in the fact that every human she's ever interacted with on this earth is way beyond rolling over. And her parents weren't focused on that either. They just looked at the fact that six weeks ago, this little bundle of joy had come into the world completely helpless and could not roll over. And now she can, and they're going to celebrate that for her. We all are going to celebrate and we're going to continue to celebrate when she takes her first step or feeds herself with a spoon or learns how to ride a bike. And we're going to teach her to cheer for herself as well. I mean, I just love when little kids blow out the candles on their cake and they clap and they cheer for themselves. Little kids are so good at celebrating themselves. I remember as a little girl learning to read and I felt so excited about this accomplishment. I wanted to tell everyone. I wanted to read to everyone. Every time I would finish a book in my little new reader set, I was so excited. And in my own way, in my own mind, I was always celebrating myself and my excitement kept me trying to improve my reading more and more. Years later, at about age 26, 27, 
I was invited to join a book club and I laughed out loud at my friend and told her, I am an extremely slow reader and I cannot read a book in a month. To which she laughed and told me I absolutely could. But I was sure it was impossible for me. And yet when book club came four weeks later, I had read the book. It was a juvenile fiction. It wasn't too long, but it was a huge accomplishment for me. But did I celebrate myself? Heavens, no. I just went into the gap and compared myself to other people in the group and how it should be easier for me. I told myself I'd never be able to do it again, which was a lie. I was in book club for many years. And so I finally did have to give up the lie that I can't read a book in a month. But these two reading experiences led me to ask the question, at what point did I stop celebrating myself and why? Why is reading as a five-year-old worthy of celebration, but reading as a 27-year-old not? It actually required a lot of determination for me and courage to join that book club and finish those first few books. I think there are a few reasons why we as people stop celebrating ourselves. And one is because I think we quickly learn to adopt the notion of not good enough, not being enough yet. So it always keeps our focus on where we're losing or falling short or failing. And we stop seeing where to celebrate because we're so focused on that lack or on that gap. And another reason I think we stop celebrating is because we stop desiring things. Actually, I don't know which comes first. There's a part of me that wonders if we stop desiring things because we've stopped celebrating ourselves. Either way, I just see this direct link between celebration and cultivating desire. The thing with celebration is it has other byproducts besides just increasing your desire to do something or become something or try something. Remember, whether you're celebrating yourself or someone else, it's going to have the same effect. So think about how it benefits someone else when you celebrate them. When you celebrate yourself, you're going to get those same benefits. And here's just a few of them I want to mention. The first one is gratitude. Celebration is a way to show gratitude. In fact, I think when we don't celebrate, it's a form of ingratitude for all that we've been given or all that we've done. It's not showing gratitude for us or for God or for anybody else. So as you celebrate, just like the experience I had as I'm celebrating my run, my gratitude just increased incredibly because celebration is a form of gratitude. Celebration is a, is a way to show love. Think about when you plan a party for your little kids, a birthday party, and they just feel so noticed and loved and happy. When you celebrate yourself, it is a way to show yourself love. Celebration is a way to show support, like going and cheering for my boys at their basketball game. That was a way for us to support them, celebrate them. Celebration is acknowledging someone and what they've done. So when you celebrate yourself, it is a self-acknowledgement. Celebration naturally increases your motivation to pursue your desire. Instead of always trying to muster that motivation, when you celebrate yourself, you feel more motivation because your desire increases. Think about if you were working for someone who always looked at what you did as not good enough. How hard would you want to actually work for that person? How motivated would you be to give your best effort for them? Whereas when you work for someone who praises your effort and your work and sees how you're progressing, it is easy to show up and work for that person. And it goes for us as well. When you celebrate yourself, 
you're going to have more organic motivation show up for you again and again. Celebration also increases confidence because you start to see how you have wins all around you and you don't need to play it safe to avoid failures because you're going to win. Celebration allows you to celebrate the learning, even if you feel like you failed. So many people say you're either winning or learning. When things don't go the way we want or feel like we're never going to succeed or we keep failing and failing, we can choose to celebrate the learning. We get to decide what we want those failures to mean. Why not make them mean we're moving in the right direction? We're learning how maybe not to do something and then celebrate that. That is going to build confidence in us because we know no matter what happens, we're going to be kind to ourselves. The fear of failure disappears because we're not worried that we're going to beat ourselves up about it anymore. We're going to take the lesson and celebrate what we've learned. Celebration is a way to show that you take your life seriously. And I'm not talking life is so serious and we just should think it's so heavy. That's not what I mean. But how many of you actually ignore the good you're doing, the progress you're making, or put yourselves last behind everyone else? When you're celebrating, you're saying that your accomplishments deserve a spot on the stage of your life. Celebration is also good because in the book, The Gap and the Gain, Benjamin Hardy says, all behavior is addictive. All behavior seeks more of itself. So if you celebrate, then you're going to want to celebrate more. And the very, very last reason that I think celebration is so good and one of the great byproducts of celebrating yourself is you are going to be way more apt to celebrate others and focus on their gains instead of what they're doing wrong or not enough of. As you develop that skill of celebrating yourself and celebrating others, you actually become living proof that as you love yourself better, you learn to love others better as well. Remember, being in the gap, seeing all the ways that we're less than or not good enough or haven't done enough yet is going to kill your desire. And we're working to increase desire. We are working to desire more things in our lives. I think about my dad who started playing the piano just a few years ago. Now, as kids, most of us took lessons and most of us now have children of our own that play. So here's my dad, the oldest person in our family, deciding he's going to learn to play the piano. And I think his brain could have offered him lots of reasons why he should not pursue that desire. Most of all, because you're going to be the worst player in the family for a little while. But instead, he just focused on the fact that he wanted to learn to play the piano and he went for it. And now sometimes he will actually sit down and play for us. He celebrates his wins by comparing himself to where he has been not comparing himself to the rest of us. And I also want to note that sometimes we put other people into the gap. And by that, I mean, we focus on how much further they have to go instead of where they have come from. And this shows up in how we interact with them. As a parent, I can be that way. When I've asked my kids to do a job, maybe I'll be like, you clean the kitchen. Instead of first acknowledging all they did right when I come to look at the kitchen, and then encouraging them to finish it up. I go straight to, you missed this. You didn't get that done. That's not done right. Try again there. And I just go on and on with all the ways that they haven't done it well enough. And these are kids who are still learning how to clean a kitchen. 
I also see in some of my clients, they come to me, they want to improve their marriage, they want to improve their intimate relationships. And they are learning that they have way more power to do that when they make changes in themselves. And as they're working hard to make those changes to show up as the wife they want to be, sometimes they come back to me really discouraged because their husbands are constantly focusing on what still isn't right about them instead of showing some appreciation for how they have improved as a wife. Now, I know that it's not their husband that puts them into the gap. I know that's just what they want to believe about what their husband is saying. But I just want you to know, when you're thinking about people like they're in the gap, like they're less than, not good enough, haven't figured it out, instead of where they've come from and how much better they're doing, you show up that way to those people and it makes it harder for them to think about themselves in the way of improving and progressing. If you've never celebrated yourself before, I'm going to give you a few ideas of ways that you can learn to do that. Just know that it is possibly going to be uncomfortable at first. You may love it, but it's possible that it will be uncomfortable if you have been in the habit of not paying attention and allowing yourself to celebrate your gains and your progress in your life. And your brain is going to offer you lots of reasons why you don't deserve to celebrate. So just know it might be a little bit uncomfortable. And I'm just going to give you some ideas of things you can do. Don't pick one that is so uncomfortable because it won't feel good. But if it's a little awkward, that's okay. First, you could do a dance, a touchdown celebration dance. I made dinner tonight. Touchdown celebration dance. You can give yourself a high five. That's something super simple. Took the garbage out. High five. You could tell someone else what you've done. Post it on social media or your family group chat. Buy yourself a little gift or a treat. Now, I know my weight loss friends out there are screaming, don't use food to celebrate. But I love sometimes just a little square of chocolate or a little favorite thing to have when I've done something I'm proud of. Make a sign for yourself if you've had a big win, even if it's just a post-it note that you put on your computer. Throw yourself a party. Take five minutes and just tell yourself the story of how far you've come and be as detailed as possible so you really can see the wind. These are just simple ideas and you're going to think of lots of others, but acknowledge yourself. And what's worthy of celebration? Anything, everything. Flossed your teeth today? Win. Made that phone call that you were afraid to make? Win. Booked that appointment? Win. Made a new dish for dinner? Win. Got up after only hitting the snooze twice? win. I want to challenge you to start watching for your wins, watching for your gains. Dan Sullivan encourages his people to write down three wins at the end of every day. They don't have to be big. They just have to be a gain, a win. Dan Sullivan says that because he has consistently recorded his wins for 15 years, he realized I'm always winning. That means he always has something to celebrate. And when I read the line, he's always winning. I fell in love with it. So many of us have spent the last 15 years or more watching for how we are losing and falling short. So we believe we're always losing because the eye sees what the mind tells it to look for. If you've been using the last 15, 20, 30 years to watch for how you're losing all the time, I want you to now give yourself 15 years of focusing on how you win every day. The more you practice celebrating, the more you will see to celebrate. And you deserve to know that you actually are winning. 
Some of you may feel like you actually are moving backwards in your life. You may feel like you are worse off than you were. But I just want you to consider that I might be right about the importance of celebrating yourself. I promise you, you are not moving backwards. You are just so focused on seeing how you are moving backwards. Those are the glasses that you choose to look at your life through. But for five minutes a day, I want you to take those glasses off and find three things that you can celebrate. How did you win today? What are three gains for you? Write them down if you can, but regardless, tell them to yourself and then celebrate them. If you want to learn how to desire, it will help you a lot to begin celebrating your wins. Start celebrating, write it down, and start focusing on how you are always winning. If you feel like this is challenging for you, I get it. I offer a free 25-minute session to anybody who wants to come and learn a little bit more about this and how it can be so powerful in your life. Go to my website, jamelinstefan.com, and click on the link to book a free 25-minute session and come and meet with me and I will show you how we can do this and how you can do this. Get out there, see how you're winning. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening today. If you like what you hear on the podcast and you'd like to learn more, feel free to head over to my website, jamelinstephancoaching.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at jamelinstephancoaching.com.